No matter how you approach the holiday season, you can now play Christmas music. I'm not sure why we're bringing this up. <laughs> you can listen to no. Christmas music. Well, you can. I here's my in a perfect world, I would only listen to Christmas music, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. That's it. How dare you? This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. BYU a winner to finish the regular season at Stanford 35-26. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Jeremy Jordan alongside Dave McCann. Lots to discuss with that game, but certainly the news of the day as we welcome in ESPN's Trevor Maddis to the program is the uh, news regarding Alexa Tuiaki stepping down. Trevor, welcome to the program. Let's get right to it. What's your reaction to this news that Elisa is out? It's a sad day. Sad day because Coach Tuiaki has been a good coach. He's been a good mentor for players. He has been incredibly loyal to the program and to Coach Sataki and to everybody around him. He is a good man. And you can see his impact in the culture of the BYU football program. That having been said, I think it's the right thing for both sides to move on into the future. But keep in mind that as, as – as emotionally bad as it's felt on defense the last couple of years. He had five years where he was in the top 50 of scoring defense nationally. And so he's done a lot of very good things. And I think at this point, it's important to remember those good things because you're talking about a very good man. And for everybody in the program, it is extraordinarily difficult to, to make this goodbye. Last three years, BYU's 28 and 9, and it wasn't all offense that, that got that done. But as they move to the Big 12 now, and Kalani Sataki has the job of, of filling the job, where should he look? He should look to a defensive coordinator that has a, a couple of, of features. One is somebody who's got a knack, a talent for maximizing the scheme to the talent that's available on defense so that your playmakers are in position to make plays. Another is he needs to have the heart of a teacher. In other words, he needs to be able to teach the techniques of football, not just what to do, but how to do it. You know, when you look at Baylor, for example, Matt Rule when he was there, and when he was at Temple before that, now he's at Nebraska. He, I, I spent time with him in Waco in, on my tours in the offseason and watched tape with him, talked to his assistants at length about the way they teach technique. And in an age where people practice really fast, they teach, teach technique in the meeting off the tape coach rule at temple and at baylor and i expect in nebraska as well were hardcore technique in practice coaches that was their first priority now they didn't skimp on the scheme they didn't just simplify things so people could run fast they actually required a lot mentally of their defenders but they made sure that first and foremost they knew how to defeat the guy in front of them and the new defensive coordinator himself and whatever new defensive staff may come in with that new coordinator need to be able to focus first and foremost on maximizing every physical capability of every player through technique. ESPN's Trevor Maddox is on BYU Sports Nation. Would it benefit BYU more going into the Big 12 in year one with the guy who has already been a defensive coordinator previously, or could it be a position coach who is upgraded and perhaps molded by the experienced Kalani Satake? Ideally, you would want somebody who has been a defensive coordinator before. And there are a lot of good places to look. I mean, there are there are some very successful group of five defensive coordinators. Now that BYU is going into the Big 12, you may even be able to get a, a power five 
uh, defensive coordinator to make a transition laterally. But at the same time, there are a lot of outstanding position coaches, assistant coaches who have not been coordinators, but who have been groomed to be coordinators and who are, would be ready to step in and take that role, especially with Coach Sataki to mentor them because he is a defensive guy as well. And so you, you don't have to have a guy with coordinator experience. I think what you really need is to make sure you fit the features that you want in that guy and make sure that he can fulfill those features, which is to say maximize talent and teach technique. How about a guy with geographical features, so to speak, someone from Texas or Oklahoma in the Big 12 who can help with recruiting uh, instantly by showing up in this kind of a role? That's another thing that Coach Rule did at Baylor. And we talked about this at length. He didn't have any Texas roots when he went there, but he hired some of the top people in the world of Texas high school football who knew the personalities and the culture of Texas high school football and how to make sure that you are respectful of that culture. The last thing you want to do is think you're doing the right thing, but you're not. And because now they've got so many games against Texas teams in the Big 12 and Oklahoma State, which is just up the road from Dallas, you've got parents of recruits now who might be more inclined to consider BYU because they'll be able to drive to multiple games of their sons without having to go all the way to Provo. And then, of course, BYU retains the California and Utah connections. But to have a, a staff that understands and knows well from a personal standpoint, Texas high school football would really help BYU get a jump start on recruiting. Oh, by the way, BYU played a football game on Saturday. Let's talk about it as the Cougars take down Stanford, as mentioned. Interesting game in that BYU completes seven passes for 93 yards and felt like it dominated. Uh, felt like Pac-12 refs uh, helped out Stanford to stay in the game. They got a few calls, and it got weird. Jaron Hall gets hurt, uh, appeared to be an ankle. Jacob Conover came in. But BYU rushes for its most yards in a game since 2013, 358. They really put the pedal to the metal down there. What impressed you the most about that win that BYU needed to get? I liked it that they – they did what worked, and they kept pressing it until Stanford stopped it, which Stanford never really did. Keep in mind that Coach Sataki is a fullback. He played fullback under Lavelle Edwards, and he has that mind of a fullback, that fire of a fullback. And if they're not stopping the run, keep running it. And the thing is, that feeds off of itself. Now, Stanford had some injuries on defense. They were kind of behind a little bit in being able to stop that kind of a thing. But this is football. You find the weak spot, and you absolutely hammer it. And I love that perspective because football, not football. I think at BYU, there's so much kindness being talked about, right? There's some kindness. It's all love one another and all that. Love one another except during the game. During the game, you pile drive the other side. And that's what they did, and I, I love that attitude. No, t uh, no turnovers, no penalties. First time in 50 years that BYU played a game without any penalties. Their focus appears to be better. When you look at back-to-back -back road wins, really, at Boise State to begin the month and at Stanford to finish the month, um, a healthy quarterback, it appears this team is getting back more to what we saw in early September, which bodes well for a bowl game. It really does. And I think it bodes well also for the program going forward, because with all the losses they had in October, there was an opportunity for the culture to become a little loose, even a little unhinged with finger pointing, uh, et cetera. But what happened was they came together. And we see that in this three-game winning streak. Uh, and that's important because, yes, for the bowl game, that makes it more likely that they'll have a good experience there. It would be great to win that bowl game so they go into the offseason uh, with another win propelling them. But at the same time, 
the culture of BYU is ultimately what is going to make BYU successful. It's what has made BYU successful. And the way that they finished the regular season against Stanford is a triumph of a culture that was under siege for a long time in the month of October, and they brought it back to, to where the home roots are. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Sports are awesome. What's trending? Sherman, that field's going to cost you a quarter of a mil. <laughs> is it that expensive in the Big 12? I think it's 250000 In the SEC, I think it's 100. So uh, That was 250000 in the Big 12. Well, no wonder there's uh, 50 mil uh, in TV money. What's trending is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. The Big 12 football schedule for next year could come out soon. Perhaps as soon as tomorrow, according to Dave McCann, referencing a conversation with BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo two weeks ago. So, Jason, what's your ideal Big 12 schedule for next season? We're not going like what we think it'll be. We're going with if we made it, yeah. what would it look like? I, I will say th- there, there is a little bit of common sense in mind, but it certainly is still ideal. Really? <laughs> no. Okay. What I, what I, and here's the thing that I loved about this. You and I did not talk about this, so we did not know. And I no, think no, I don't know what you've done. So I think it Even actually. Even though it's in there, I have not yes, looked at it. It actually turns out we have the exact same first two. Okay. And, right, and talk I, to me. So Texas, right out of the gate. Yeah. If you're going to yeah. begin a new era in the Big Twelve, you want Texas, and I promise you, the Big Twelve wants to send Texas to Provo for an eight fifteen kick. Or so, <laughs> on the road at West Virginia. They, they want Texas and Oklahoma yeah. going on the road, the most uncomfortable situation. So I'm taking Texas. Are we going the entire schedule, or are we going to just go back and forth? You do yours. Okay, all right. Yeah. So we'll start with Texas. Then I'm going to say you have Kansas coming into Provo for week two. So your first two games in the Big 12 you have at home. Then I think you're probably going to go with two of the new teams – Okay. For this season. So I've got you go at Houston, then you get your bye. The reason I put the bye there was because that would be after six weeks. That's right smack dab in the middle. That's where I'd love to have the bye week. That mm-hmm. way you, you've, you've gone through half the season, get a bye week, and then prepare for the stretch run. After the bye, and the reason you have the bye is because you're going to TCU the next week. Big 12 champs, Rob. Then West Virginia has to travel cross-country to come to Provo. Yep. Then you go, you get your one long trip. You go to Orlando for Central Florida. You go to at Iowa State because it seems like that's who BYU is being paired with in a lot of these things. We've seen this maybe in basketball, so maybe it will transfer into football as well. But you, you get on the road there, and then you finish the last two weeks at home with Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. Who am I missing? No Cincy, Oklahoma, Baylor, one more. Yeah, and I didn't do Baylor. State. Yeah, I didn't do Baylor because BYU's already faced Baylor twice, so I don't know if they would give Baylor a third time in a row. Mm. So I think maybe that's one of the teams that BYU won't face this year that you'll get next year. Gotcha. So no Cincy, Oklahoma, Baylor, Kansas State. Correct. Here's what I go with. As you mentioned, Texas, first game, get the big brand in Provo. That'd be awesome. Taysom Hill, if he has a bye week with the Saints, he runs out the alumni flag for sure. Nice. Kansas, week two, formerly the cupcake, the doormat of the league. Now a respectable team that went 6-6 six and six in the regular season. I go at Houston in week three. I want Oklahoma and Provo as well. Again, I don't think this is what the league's going to do, but I would love Texas and Oklahoma and Provo. Our first three games are the same. Exact same. There you go. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma, I want the Sooners. BYU's had success against Oklahoma, 09-94. Uh, at TCU, what's up? Old Whack and Mountain West foe uh, in week five, just second road game. 
buy after that game because, yes, you've played eight in a row, but I just want to be strong down the last stretch, uh, likely in November. Bye week in late October. November, you go Oklahoma State. You go at Baylor. I'd like to continue with Baylor. I love that matchup. I think it's a, uh, a good one. If there's uh, any sort of natural rivalry, it's either TCU or Baylor already, I think. Although there, haven't been, there hasn't been vitriol to create a rivalry. I just think it's a good quality competitive game. Texas Tech at home to end. Um, and then uh, at UCF. I choose at UCF because I want a good weather game in November. Just ensure. I don't want to play in Provo uh, too much in November. So I got two home games. Don't want it, one of the snow games. But at UCF would be ideal. So, and you want to see Disney World decorated with Christmas decorations. Well, that'd be Spencer, but yes. Uh, no games versus West Virginia, Cincy, <laughs> Iowa State, Kansas State is what I go with in year one. Although I feel you on the Iowa State pairing that we're hearing. Five home, four road. Seven yes. home games. Yeah. I want BYU in this business of seven or eight a year. Get ready for increased ticket prices, but you know what's awesome? Winning. Winning's the best, okay? There are sacrifices to be made. Christian Pulisic took one below the belt for America. What are you doing for BYU, okay? Never more than two games away in a row. Uh, and then you get Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. All in promo in year one with no guarantee of what year two looks like. And again... I, I'm not super concerned about who's on the traditional rivalry week. Um, if BYU gets a rival, great. Like, Utah hasn't. They have Colorado in that last week. It's whatever. But uh, I, I'm excited. Honestly, unless uh, BYU's playing three road games in a row or doesn't get Texas and Oklahoma at all or something like that, or they have to go to West Virginia at Cincy at UCF, unless they have something sort of extreme in one of those regards, I'm going to like this schedule almost yes. no matter what. Yes. yes. And, and, and the first thing I'm going to look at, Chip, is how many home games BYU has. Is it a five or a four? Because that dictates is it six or seven home games. The more home games, the better. The goal for BYU next year is at least two and one non-con, at least four and five in conference, at least six and six and make a bowl. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. We don't know who... The main running back's going to be. Perhaps it is Miles Davis and Hank the Ropati, but I think BYU goes to the transfer portal to add to that group. We've seen that this year. They've needed four dudes to get to seven wins. I'm excited, um, and I'm more excited about that than who the bowl opponent is. Yeah, yeah that, that, is that is not even close that, to the excitement the, of yes. this first schedule. See, now, here's, here's I'm going under the assumption, and maybe I'm not sure why I am. I'm going under the assumption that the four new schools probably aren't going to get both Texas and Oklahoma in the same year. I think what they're probably going to do mm. is save Texas and Oklahoma to be able to play the teams that were in the Big 12 that kind of want their pound of flesh, you know what I mean? Like they want to make sure that they get both of them this year and next year. I think that eliminates the fact that the four new schools, I think you're getting one one year and the other one the other year. That's kind of why I went with Texas in this, mm. and you're getting Oklahoma next year. I don't know. I, I think they want the teams that have been around Texas and Oklahoma to have more cracks at playing them before they leave than giving both of them to one of the new schools early. How P&V, petty and vindictive, will they be? Because if they're super petty and vindictive, they will send them to the four on the road. Four of those uh, five would be those, those new games. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. We, we will see what happens there. Um, okay, so uh, we have, we have uh, learned and asked the league about, you know, when we might see the schedule, just wondering. We were told this, uh, that it may, it may be mid-December. 
So the conversation of uh, perhaps December 1st is based on Dave McCann talking to Tom Homel saying, hey, we're going to be ready by December 1st for this. But we've been told this just in that it may be by mid-December. So we'll see. It so sounds within like the next couple the of next weeks. two weeks, uh, perhaps. What do you think the holdup is? I don't know. Just making sure they... Because they have two things to figure out here. One is, what do we do the first two years? And then what do we do after that? Right. Um, because they have 14 teams for two years with Texas and Oklahoma in the league. and then they le- So they have to figure out what is the rotation. They, there's no anticipation of divisions, as Brett Yormark said. We're not going to have divisions. So what does that mean in scheduling? Because while you don't have divisions in conference standings, you certainly have a strategy as to why uh, these teams are playing these teams and what the rotation will be. And that's understood in other leagues is, okay, you play everyone from your division, then you play – these guys right. this year, and then, and is it home road, and how? So, yeah, the, I, I don't know. That's what I'm... All right, let's move on to topic two. BYU basketball dominated Westminster last night by 30, and let's be honest, if you watched the game, it wasn't even that close. Um, game up in Salt Lake City at Vivint Arena, BYU has done very, very well on the home court of the Utah Jazz, but what was the bigger news from last night? We already talked about the 19 threes for BYU setting a program record. Is it that or the fact that we got a little bit of an update on Spencer Johnson's injury. He thinks he's going to play Saturday, according to Coach Pope. Uh, and In fact, let's actually listen to that. This is, uh, this is Coach Pope talking about Spencer Johnson's injury. You mentioned Spencer obviously missed his second straight game. You had said probably out a couple of weeks. Is that what it's looking like? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's, he's uh, yeah. I mean, he's convinced he's going to be back on Saturday. So we'll see. So... What's the bigger story for you out of the game last night? Is it the program record 19 threes, or is it the update on Spencer Johnson and whether his, he'll be here with this team for the next couple of weeks? Spencer Johnson feels like this could be a couple of weeks, um, and hopefully it's not uh, an extended amount of, of weeks, right? Like a, like a four to six would be tough. If it's like a two or three, that's different. But if this bleeds into conference play, that's tough. Uh, Mark Pope has said Spencer Johnson's been our best player on offense and defense, and he called it a jolt to the system to not have him. The last two games, BYU has won without him. Certainly the Dayton win, very different than Westminster. I, I, the 19 threes against Westminster, awesome. Two years ago, BYU made 18. That was tied for the uh, uh, program record yeah. um, from 2020. So, I, yeah, it's Spencer Johnson. Th- this is a guy who became a starter, has scored 17 and 18 in two different games, uh, which are career highs for him. And as Mark Pope mentioned, best player on both sides of the ball. You, you saw the impact against Butler where he goes out and they, they uh, make a comeback, but that was a game that BYU was probably not going to win. Then against State and they get down by 23. They're still adjusting to, okay, no Spencer Johnson. Who's, who's going to make a shot here? Then Gideon George and Jackson Robinson and Noah Waterman have warmed up there. It's a, it's a big deal to not have Spencer Johnson. Now, again, our standard for this team isn't they have to make the tourney. We are wait and see with this group. And hopefully they grow and get better and, and are interesting later and get some notable fun wins. So no Spencer Johnson's a big deal. Certainly that is the, the bigger deal coming out of last night. But I like what we've seen the last two games from that guard line without him. I think there's some nice depth as BYU's gone 10 deep every game last night. They went to the 12th man, Traden Christensen, and 11th man, Tanner Toulson, for the first time. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. 
This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Google Whip Round is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, Kainakua back with the New York Jets. Yeah. Starting with the practice squad. Will he play in a Jets game before Zach Wilson? Gulp. Uh, Zach, it may be a minute. Mike White had a really nice game against the Bears. I'm, I'm a bit tired, though, of my essentially calling him the next Tom Brady because he passed for over 300 yards. I was going to say game. Joe Montana. But, uh, no. They're I, a little overboard on he's the guy now. Well, he is the guy now. No, but what I mean, but like, he's not, like he's let's not forget the about the, everything we saw out of the number two overall pick. That Mike White, our fifth-round pick, who's been here and we've seen him for a couple seasons, he's now the guy. I'm, look, I'm not, a, I'm not a Zach apologist, but the, the Mike White love nationally after that game was pretty nauseating. That's about as defensive as the Jets have been on the field, which has been really defensive. Um, yeah, it might be Kai. It depends on their needs at that position, but Zach's not going to get a shot for a couple weeks here. No, perhaps the rest of the year. I don't know. They have the second half. I still think I still think Zach gets in before Kai does because obviously, you know, I I, I, I I'm not sure, dude. I think depends on injuries. I think when as the season goes on, he's going to get another shot. It's too much invested in him to not give him another shot. It's production-based. If Mike White produces, Zach ain't coming in. What Zach needs is for Mike White to stink. That's he's, it. That's his shot. He has he has played well in all the games he's gotten into. It's I was just because Mike White is the next Steve Young. I said just no one. the over-the-top stuff about Mike White after that, I just thought it was a I, I little, think this, little too much. This, okay, the second pick thing with Zach doesn't matter now. It's just whether you're producing it. It does when you realize how much you're giving him in, in money and signing bonus. 23 is guaranteed, it's over. I know. That's, I there's nothing it. You it goes against your cap, and you don't want dead money on your cap. But you don't want dead production. Uh, no, I agree. Pro- that I agree. is more Look, and I'm not a Jets yeah. fan, so at the end of the day, I don't really care. You sound like one. But I was just, I just got so sick of all the Mike White. Like, it's just, oh, he's the answer. He's always been. No, he's hey, not. Because no one's thrown for 303 <laughs> against the Bears ever. With last night's win against Mes- Westminster. BYU's now 4-0 under Mark Pope at Vivint Arena, the home of the Utah Jazz and Jason Shepard. Should BYU play all its games there now? Uh, Just done with the Marriott Center, no. move to Vivint. No, because I like the convenience <laughs> of us being right next to the Marriott Center. That is nice. So for, for selfish reasons, yeah. I'm going to say stay here in Provo. Getting defensive about Zach, selfish reasons. <laughs> um, no, but I, I would love more uh, big games. Unfortunately, BYU, you know, they did what they had to do with Christmas around the world, taking over the Marriott Center. You got West Winston, South Dakota. We've seen some awesome games up there. Arizona, Michigan State, Oklahoma State over the last 20 years. It's fun. It's fun to have even, that type of environment. Even Utah State, who's, right. who's probably better than BYU this year at this point. That would have been a, a, a fun game. I'd love to see a fun game like that again up there. Put up 19 against Utah State. Yeah, Westminster, South Dakota, not doing it for me. 19 threes. Mm-hmm. All right, BYU has now had more threes than turnovers in two straight games. How many games this season do you think BYU will make more threes than have turnovers? Well, do we think that BYU is going to have like 10 turnover games somewhat consistently and make 10 plus threes? Because if that's the case, I can anticipate three to five more. Um, but realistically, I'm going to say it's going to happen like twice. Yeah, see, I, I figured three or four. I, I think three or four is. And the good news is with the turnovers is, is you know, we just mentioned, they're trending down, and that's good. Yeah. That's really, really good because the beginning of the year, for the first two games, they were averaging 22. Yeah, it was bad. They've gone 20 plus three times 
Um, yeah. Okay, how awesome is Saturday going to be with the USA Netherlands? Yeah, Christian Pulisic in the round of 16 and all the college football conference championship games besides the Pac-12 on front. Um, and BYU South Dakota. That's assumed. That's a work thing. Okay. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Look, the more high-profile things that matter events I'm in one day, I'm going to take. So it's going to be awesome. I am the happiest man in the land, a rhyme, about half rhyme, about the United States playing early in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, no, nothing sounds good. Nope, we're good. We're good. It's not about us, but kind of. But kind of is. Yeah. All right, after defeating uh, Iran. Thank you. I had to think Thank about you, Tyler it. Adams. I had to think about Thank it. Tyler Adams. Uh, Actually, it's pronounced eliminated. Yeah. So after beating Iran 1 0 to you. advance to the knockout stage, is the U.S. men's national team now playing with house money at the World Cup? Do you still like Everton, by the way? You still sure. in on the, the other blues? I got asked about that last night. I got asked. Someone asked you about liking everything. It was it was uh, Aaron Bailey from women's soccer. She's like, do you have a do you have a Premier League team? Like, oh, she didn't know. No, no, no. no. Oh, but okay, I'm like, okay. I kind of gone with Everton, yeah. mostly because their color is blue. <laughs> we need to just say you have a like Burnley, dude. Um, Shout out to the BYU women's soccer who were yeah. there last night, and BYU baseball was there last night. Yeah, too. hey, there you go. All the way up. It's all like, yes, they're playing with house money. You had to get out of the group. If you get past, uh, you know, the Netherlands in round 16, awesome. There is an opportunity here for the U.S. to make a little bit of a run like they did in 02, get to the quarters. Um, yeah, at the end of the look, you, you needed to, you you could not lose that game yesterday. No, that would have been you, you could not have done that. So I think at win. this point now you're. Now it's like gravy. House money, gravy, whatever you want to well, say. Gravy is necessary to me depending on the dryness of the potatoes, but that's a whole other okay. subject, okay? But yes, they're playing with house money in my opinion. Last but not least, BYU basketball, former BYU basketball player, current Idaho State basketball player, Colby Lee introduced a new free throw routine. He catches and then goes quick float. Wait, did he get, yeah, look at the pass. This is incredible, what do you think? Uh, look, it's all about the result. Wow. It's all about the results. It doesn't so matter what it looks like. The, if it goes in, that's all the that cares. Which is awesome. That's new. You, so you're, say, you, you're saying if they did granny style, it would be fine. Look. As long as it goes in, Rick Barry. He's going to say, Rick Barry, Hall of Famer, shot the granny shot and shot a high percentage. He's in the Hall of Fame. I'm going to say it's okay. Okay, next church ball game for you. I need to see a granny shot from the free throw line then. Boy, I really got worked up about Mike White, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you got really <laughs> That's That surprised me. I was like, are the cheerleaders going to come in and I did defense? Not, I did not realize that I had that much pent-up frustration I, on Mike White. I, we all love our boy Zach. Yeah. We want Zach in there. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. You, I, I think you've, have you been on the show before, but not in studio? First time, right? Yeah, I've, I've been in the, in the studio for like a, like a Halloween segment that we did for the Haunted That's House. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I think, was it like two years ago or was it last year? But other than that, yeah, this is probably like my second time ever being here. Well, good to have you, man. Appreciate uh, you guys for having me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> congratulations on getting engaged a couple weeks ago to Thank you. Uh, Taylor. For sure, that's that's probably been the the biggest highlight of my well past month now. So it's it's been exciting. I was I was gonna say that or a couple <laughs> touchdowns yeah. here, but you answered the question and probably correctly, right? Um, uh, what was what, more stressful, the the engagement, like preparing how you're gonna do it, or preparing for a big game? 
The engagement for sure. I think I've, I've talked about this with her a lot of times, uh, especially the week leading up to it, you know, super stressful. Just the fact that I just, we wanted to surprise her and she knew that, um, or she wanted uh, her whole family to be there. So just coordinating that and making sure she, cause she's a smart girl. So it's hard to, you know, you know, get things faster. And so <laughs> I don't, I like to think that I surprised her, but you know, um, I wouldn't put it past her that she, she probably figured it out, but that was pretty stressful. <laughs> That's awesome. It was like worth 10 touchdowns probably, which is uh, great. Most definitely. Okay, we're waiting on two things this week that are exciting. Okay. One is finding out the bowl that you're going to play in right. and the Big 12 schedule. That's right. Uh, what are you more excited to find out this week? Um, the next thing, which is the bowl. I mean, I, I think that's the one thing that we're all focused right now. So um, they gave us a couple of days off just to get our bodies right. But today we get right back to work. And so we're just excited to figure out who we play, where we play, and just to have another week to work with the boys and just have fun, you know. This, isn't that really what it boils down to? I mean, I, it, it does us no good, us in the media, because we always ask, who do you want to play? Who would you like? Nobody's ever going to answer that. Nobody, like Georgia. Nobody, nobody <laughs> wants to be bulletin board material that you wanted a certain team or you didn't want a certain team. But that's really what it boils down to. You guys get extra practices. Exactly. You guys have an extra time to be together as a team. Yeah. And that stuff's invaluable, isn't it? No, most definitely. I think that's the, that's the biggest thing that we look forward to, is just having another week, another uh, what's that called? Weeks of practice just to be able to be together, you know, enjoy time together. Because honestly, that's that's probably the big, the best part about football, you know, being with the boys. And so, yeah, we're looking forward to it for sure. We're talking to junior running back Hinkley Ropati on BYU Sports Nation. What matters to you in a bowl game? Location, aka weather, the team you play, the swag, the bowl <laughs> itself. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said before, I I, I feel like. Oh, that's great, you know. Obviously, the bowl gifts. We look forward to that, you know. Early Christmas. Who doesn't? Um, Do you re-gift? What was that? Do you re-gift? Sometimes, sometimes. But you for can. the most part, it's for okay. the most part, I, I I do like the gifts that I. The, yeah, but you can't gift. re-gift it to a teammate because they know that that was a <laughs> gift. The bowl you can't gift. give it to a teammate. Come on. <laughs> that's true. No, but for the for the most part, I think that the biggest part or the best part about um, the bowl game is really just having another week. I mean, you go out there a week in advance, and we just kick it you know what I mean we have practice things like that but really you just you get to get to know your teammates even more you, you get closer and you know those bonds are they, they last a lifetime so we look forward to those look it goes without saying that the more involved you are the more fun you're going to have the fact that you've been able to see the field a lot more in the last couple of games how much more fun are you having right now oh yeah I mean yeah for, I mean I, I do feel like that is true you know you, you definitely feel like you're having more fun but even before then it's like I said, just being, just being part of the program and, and being with the team and making those memories. Yeah, that, I mean, th that's always fun, you know. And so obviously with an increased rolling out, you know, due to injuries and things like that, it's just a matter of just stepping up and, you know, helping your boys, you know, obviously helping the team do whatever it is that we need to do to win. So, yeah. How do you stay ready? Because we didn't see you a lot the first part of the season, but then certainly in the Boise State and Stanford games, you had a big role. Uh, yeah, I mean... The coaches had a huge part of, of making sure that, you know, we're, we're staying mentally locked in, you know what I mean? And no matter what your role is, Coach Kalani always talks about maximizing your role um, and making sure that you love your role, but you do all you can to maximize it, you know what I mean, and, and try to do more. And so I feel like the biggest thing was just, just, just always being in the moment. Um, I, I always felt like, yeah, when, even when things are not going your way or whatever it, is, it may be, you know, just, just enjoy the moment, you know, because... It's not every day. Just, I always think about there's plenty of kids that are out there, 
you know, who would love to be in our position and love to do what we're doing. And so just to be here, is, it's a blessing in itself. So. How would you describe this season? You talked about, you know, even when things aren't going well, you sort of had some, a great start. You had the lull in the middle. You end on a three-game winning streak in the regular season. Take me through what this season has been like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, everybody knows, obviously, like you stated, you know, we started really well, had a little drought in the middle, and now we're, we're, end, we're trying to end on a good note. Um, but uh, obviously, it's not what we expected, you know, as a team um, and the rest of the boys. Um, but at the same time, uh, I feel like the, the biggest thing that we're just trying to just enjoy it, you know, and and just just live in the moment with each other. And uh, I, I feel like this this season obviously hasn't gone the way we, we, we would like it to. Um, but like I told you guys before, like the biggest thing is just enjoying the time that we have together and knowing that these these times are precious, you know, They're, we're making memories. And so just just going out there and obviously winning is a lot better than losing. So we're just trying to do more of that. But but yeah. Okay, I want to I want to throw something to you. I was not planning on doing this, but I'm going to take this opportunity. Yeah, I have, an, I have a I don't know if it's a nickname, but I, I want to get your take on something. <laughs> yeah, you scored you, you scored a touchdown, Stanford. Okay, exactly. so on on social media, I put out Hinkley Ropati D. Do you like that? <laughs> Do you, is that is that acceptable? Am I allowed to keep using that? You guys can use whatever it is you want, but I, I I'm think getting the guy, sense you're not a big fan of it. <laughs> <laughs> and you can be honest. You can be honest. Ropati D, huh? I mean, Ropati. I, I love my last name, so I think Ropati just fine. But I, I think what you guys got to give credit to is the O line, man. Okay. You, you got to get to find Look at this guy. Lines, He's so selfless. Every answer is perfect. Yeah. Uh, Hinkley, that's great. It's your, by the way, are you named after Gordon B. Hinkley, or is it somebody in your yes, family? Sir. Yes, sir. You're so, named yeah. after Gordon Hinkley. So my dad, yeah. So actually, my older brother, his name is Ezra. So and it's then I'm Hinkley, and then my younger brother is Monson. There you go. Wow. You see. Yeah. So Thomas says, well, "How about that? <laughs> boom, boom, so my, boom." My dad named us after prophets. Um, That's for cool. obvious reasons, you know, uh, uh, people that he wants us to obviously emulate and be like, you know, and so. Hey, yeah. I'm named after a prophet too, man. Yeah. Fifteen whole verses. Yes, sir. <laughs> Fifteen smallest book in the Book of Mormon. I'll take it. I love that. That's cool, and everybody loves Gordon B. Hinckley. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, let's talk about uh, Stanford in a sec, but I wanted to ask you about the Big 12 schedule. Certainly there are four teams you won't play. Are you hoping for a certain team at home or in the opener or in the rivalry week? Do you, do you care? Um, no, I, I don't think I really really care which team we play. Um, but obviously there are teams that we, we already have history with, um, for example, like Baylor. And Would I, you like to see Baylor on the and, schedule? And, and I think I think Baylor is, is, is a fun team to you know to play in. I think it's a great atmosphere to play in as well. And so I, w I would love to be able to you know go against those guys. And I mean they're a great team, great program. Um, and so, but other than that, yeah, I mean shoot, I, I don't think it really matters who we play. We're just excited to be part of a, a great a great conference and be able to compete at, at a high level with them. So, but Texas and Oklahoma in the <laughs> next two years, got to get yeah, them at least awesome. once, right? At least one time. That'd no, be for fun. Sure. I'd love to have them in Provo. Obviously. No, for sure. <laughs> Do you go into the off season with obviously with, with changes coming and guys moving on with the program, especially at the running back position? Do you go in kind of the mindset? I'm RB one heading into the off season. Um, I think the mindset is still the same. Um, whatever it is, I just got to make sure I do whatever I can do to be prepared for whatever opportunities I get. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think the mindset is still the same is to come back stronger, faster, more explosive, to be able to make more plays for whenever my number gets called. So what, what's, what's the uh, the running back room been like this year? T take fans into there and, yeah. and what it's like to, to hang out as that group. 
Oh man, it's it's awesome. I, I like to think that we have the most close knit um, um, unit in the in the whole team. Um, I mean, starting with guys like uh, our you know the seniors in our in our in our room like Lopini and 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 CB, uh, Chris Brooks, you know, and th and those guys are are amazing. You know what I mean? Those guys are awesome dudes, and to, for them to lead our room and it's it's been really big for us this season. You know, they they've set the tone on um, the expectation and the way that we prepare and things like that, and so. And then it goes from from those guys to you know guys like Miles and and Mason Fakahua and all those guys in there, Enoch, um, Bo. Um, I feel like everybody in that in that room are just dogs. Like everybody in there is is they they got their head on screwed on right. You know they come in they come in every single day preparing like they're gonna be the guy that's gonna play. And I think that's that's something that's really important for for our room. Have you seen that video of the high school kid before a season who's talking about his <laughs> yes. teammates? Where it goes, oh, Hinkle dog. Rapati, dog. <laughs> dog, yeah. Miles Davis, dog. The same, same exact thing. Yeah, Everybody is dog. Dog, <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, let's talk about Stanford. Was the game plan, hey, we're going to rush the ball a ton, or did it become that in the game? Because 358 is a crazy number. No, most definitely. Um, A-Rod already had that, you know, set in stone as a game plan going into the game. Um, and so... Um, I mean, as you saw, the O-line just dominated, you know, dominated the trenches. And, I mean, you know, the rest of us just kind of did what we need, we need to do. They opened up the gaps. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that was originally the plan going into the game that we're just going to play our style of football, you know, hard, hard-nosed football and physical football. And that's exactly what we did. Kind of fun to do that to Stanford, who's kind of known for that. Yeah, exactly. Like, you do this well. Well, just wait. Yeah, yeah. No, that was, that was no, fun. No, most definitely. No, for sure. What do you feel is the most important thing, whether it's for you personally, the team in general, as you guys now have, you wait for the bowl game, you have one more game, and then it really is the offseason. What, what do you feel is the most important thing for, for this team to do in the offseason to get ready for next year? Um, to be completely honest, I, I can't even think about the offseason just because we still got the bowl game, you yeah. know? And so. he's, he's been ramping down from the engagement, <laughs> let alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those so, details, yeah. I mean, coaches also talked about like having a one and no mentality, you know. And so every week is a new week, so we still have the the bowl game to to worry about. And I think that's our biggest thing is prepping for the bowl game, so that we can, you know, obviously go out there and put out a very dominant dominating performance, so that we can carry that momentum into the off season, you know, pre prepare us mentally, physically to for the next season. And so I think that's the biggest thing, just just winning out the season. Um, having fun doing so and just carry that momentum into the into the offseason to obviously prepare for the next year. So, The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Round is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, our friend, Big Game Boomer. Literally, we met him. Yes. He hung out in Provo. Yeah, I, I wish I, I did not get to meet him. I would oh, have enjoyed sorry. that. Yeah. Thanks for rubbing it in my face. My bad. I told Spence to text you. <laughs> <laughs> Big Game Boomer ranked his top 50 quarterbacks in the 2022 college football season. Is Jaron Hall ranked 17th? Is that fair? Do you agree with that? It's probably fair. I would put him probably in the top uh, like 13, 14, um, you know, yeah, in that range. Top, I don't think he fits in the top 10 this year, but uh, somewhere in that 11 to 15 range. Yeah, I'm like, I, I don't have that big of an issue with it. I certainly would have expected him to be a few spots higher, certainly top 15. I, I would think probably closer to 10. 
Uh, but, but I mean, at the end of the day, ultimately, and when you look at the list, I, I don't have that big of a gripe, but I, I did expect yeah. to see him higher than 17. And and I, I'm not sure I'm going to put you too high if your team's seven and five. Like if BYU's nine and three, hey, I, I think uh, much more highly there. But yeah, his numbers have been tremendous. Yeah, really good it's been year. Great. Almost finished the regular season. Uh, probably could have if they were in dire straits with the sprained ankle, but uh, relatively healthy with. Playing through injuries. Okay, uh, CFB Home tweeted out the NFL leaders by college. BYU has the NFL lead in rushing touchdowns in the NFL. Pretty cool. Thank you, Jamal. Thank you, uh, Taysom. Thank you, Tyler Algier. Uh, if the, and a little bit of Zach Wilson, right? If this holds, we hanging a banner? Well, I don't know if we are. I am. <laughs> I'll personally hang the banner if I need to. Just grab me a ladder. I'll put it up wherever it needs to go. Um, no, we won't hang a banner. <laughs> no, we banner. won't. But do you remember we held, uh, hung a digital banner when during COVID, BYU won, like, uh, you know, there were like two voting right. polls. <laughs> we digitally put a couple on the Marriott Center. Yeah. Uh, the other one. I can't was, remember what they said, but we wanted to hang during during COVID. We were almost within single digits against Gonzaga. <laughs> hey, look, you take what you can get, right? You take all the and positive. You, don't make it fit. you you take all of the positive publicity you can get, and then run with it, or or hang with it. Sure, sure, why not? Yeah. All right, future conference friend. TCU plays K State in the Big 12 Championship what game is it on again? Saturday. It's like something I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, a win guarantees him a spot in the college football playoff. So, are you a TCU fan this weekend? No, I. I'll just watch casually. Like I'm excited about BYU in the Big 12, but I'm not like, yay, this team, no, this team, whatever. I mean, certainly for the league's interest, TCU needs yeah, to win and sure. be in the playoff. Yeah. But there, uh, and then Kansas State would go to a New Year's Six, uh, it looks like, as well, perhaps. Although they would have four losses, but they'd be the Big 12 rep. Um, I'd have to look at the bowl games again to make sure. But yeah, uh, sometimes it works out. Like Bronco at Virginia, uh, they went to the Orange Bowl right. because being the second best team is good. Uh, that's what BYU needs to get at some point. Yeah, like, in the I, league. I'm with you. Like, I, I want, I want the Big 12 to have that representation. So obviously, you're pulling for TCU. But there, there is still a part of me that remembers how badly they beat BYU when both teams were in the Mountain West. I, 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 it's going to take me some time. It's going to take you me some time, some time to really fully embrace rooting for TCU. We, I will probably yeah. get there, but it's just going to take a little time. Yeah, and I'm not quite to the Gonzaga level because we disagree on that one. You're like, I can't stand him. I'm like, I love Gonzaga. Yeah, I, I think I, they I play can't, great I ball. I, I like uh, the team. Yeah, it's St. Mary's that uh, we all agree on. <laughs> yes, that one we all agree <laughs> on. Yes. Uh, well, okay, next up. Will Lauren Gustin continue her double-double streak tonight? It's uh, six in a row, all six games. Or is it seven? I think it's seven. But here's, here's the, the answer is yes, because it's just what she does. It's what she it's does. It's what she does, yes. Of course she's going to continue it. Yeah. Why wouldn't she? Um, how many games before she doesn't? Will she go double fix? Um, how long is she going to play here? Because uh, she'll never... 34, 68 more games? Well, then there you go. Yeah, no, she's a machine. She is. She's Literally, a double-double machine. Like, I'm hoping Foose gets to Lauren Gustin's level. She's amazing. Of 15 a game and almost 14 boards. And oh, by the way, three assists. Like, that's a high, that's like, 
probably double what the, uh, or triple almost, what the average post is, that they might get an assist in a game. Oh my gosh, she's fantastic. There was, I was giving a, a women's basketball score during halftime of one of the men's games, and I, I had the stats pulled up, but when I started going into the read, I knew the score off the top of my head, but I didn't, I couldn't remember specifically the stats, but I was so confident that she had a double-double that I started saying she had a double-double. Then when I finally was able to pull it up, of course she had a double-double. And then it was like, she just got her 10th rebound <laughs> yeah. in the so, third yeah. quarter. Like I just knew she had it. That's All awesome. right, how about this? BYU linebacker Ben Bywater did this recently. Check this out. Oh. Doing a back yourself. Backflip selfie right now. Backflip selfie right now. Let's go! Three, two! Yes! Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Best play of the season for him, or is it the INTs versus uh, Oregon or Utah State? No, that's it, dude. Becky Selfie? That's Come on now. On Look, skis? I don't want to diminish anything he did on the football field because those were great INTs. I but do. That's awesome. That was amazing. That's because. That's that is awesome. So I'm I'm going with that because that is I'm I'm in awe. That's it's pretty cool. It's awesome, man. Last night on BYU basketball with Mark Pope, Foos told a story of the team sneaking into a water sled park after the Dayton win in the Bahamas at 1 a.m. when it was closed and getting stuck in a tube slide that didn't have enough water going through the slide and the sharks were outside the tube, right, just <laughs> swimming around. Would you have gone with them? Jackson went to yes. went to bed. He was asleep. Okay, would so you we're have saying gone with. No, so you saying would I have done this knowing what like would happen? Like if you're on the team, right, and you're you're yeah. in college. Yeah, I would have gone. Yeah, I would have gone. Now, if you're telling me I would have, I would know, like in hindsight, that I'm getting stuck. They didn't then know I'm they not. Were get stuck. Then I'm not. But yeah, if like, I just yeah, I'm going. My old claustrophobia thinking about that. Oh. Getting stuck, yeah. and the sharks are just showing up right by you. You're, yeah, but you're, you're trusting the. But you're going, of that. assuming you're going to go right through really fast. Yeah, you're not going to see the sharks. True. So yeah, I'm and going. It's dark, of course. But it's dark, and you know they're yeah. out there. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> All right. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Some of the highlights from this here football season is BYU prepares for a bowl game. Still TBD. We'll find out no later than Sunday where the Cougars are headed. We think perhaps Frisco or New Mexico on December 17th. So let's talk about the playoff and its impact on BYU. How long do you think it will take for BYU to be in the expanded playoff starting uh, in 2024? Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's there's really no way for us to, to really know, but I, I will probably go back to what I've said previously in terms of how long I, I'm, like, I look at the first five years in the Big 12 is I, I would expect within those first five years maybe to take that long for BYU to start being in contention. What does that mean for, to you, me, Meaning for a, a, a top two spot in the conference. Mm. So, like, I would say give it five years – for BYU to build itself up to get to the point where you're competing for one of those top two spots in the championship game. And with the expanded playoffs, obviously that means that if you're in the top two in, the ch in your conference, 
you're likely going to be in the mix for those 12. It, it's perhaps per, perhaps. But I'm, so yes. what I'm saying is the the likelihood increases with it expanding to 12. So I will stick with that. I would say give it within five years that I expect BYU to start competing for things like that in the Big 12. And because of that, then I think you're putting yourself in the mix for the college football playoff. So I'm saying I'm saying within five years is, is kind of my timeline for for when I look for BYU to sort of acc- acclimate themselves to the situation, get the recruiting where they want, and really kind of hit the ground running. It's going to take a couple years. We've seen everybody that's gone through this. We, Utah, we saw this firsthand, 45 miles to the to the north of us. How long it takes to build yourself up from where you were to what the current situation is and to where you want to go. It's going to take time, and that's okay. BYU is more ready than TCU and Utah and any of the Big East teams were to compete uh, quicker. Here's why. I agree. has been playing Power 5-ish schedules. It's been my issue. But not knowing that the Big 12 invite was there, now it's like, oh, BYU was ramping up. Certainly what BYU did last year was incredible. Granted, Pac-12 was down. BYU beat up on them. Great. Whatever. You, you, don't, you don't control whether that team's good or not. You just go try and win. This year, obviously a step backwards in terms of we thought BYU would be at that level again. I'm not sure how long it's going to take uh, for BYU to potentially be in that position. Because let's be honest, the cards have to go your way. BYU's not played that kind of schedule and been able to handle it ever before. We haven't seen the volume to really know yeah. what BYU's going to do. But you said the word that I think is spot on, acclimate. If BYU within you know the first five years can acclimate and start to be competitive, we saw this with Utah. My only concern is, can BYU do it with the honor code? Like, can BYU get the best LDS athletes that it can get? It's not going to get all of them. But can BYU get some of those guys who got away? Um, you know, Tanner McKee originally. Um, a guy like uh, Britton Covey and so on and so forth. They're not going to get all of them, but can they get more of them to, ev- to get the uh, LDS Avengers, if you will. And now you, now you have a shot because you're getting good talent from all over right. the place. The Cody Epps of the world that are tremendous in high school, a little undervalued. Comes to BYU, awesome sophomore season. But it's been his third year. It takes some time. I would love to see BYU in this position. Now, the position we are discussing specifically is basically top 11. Assume that the best other conference champ is not in the top 11 if they're not undefeated like this year which is what, Tulane or UCF, uh, is going to be that team if it was a 12-team playoff. So it's not top 12 per se. It's more top 11 unless that team's in the top 12. So the SEC would have three in right now based on the current poll. Uh, Big 10 would have three. Big 12 would have two. Pac-12 would have two. Only one out of the ACC in Clemson. North Carolina's kind of blown it here at the end. And then, uh, yeah, UCF or Tulane as the highest other champ. For BYU to get into that spot, like you said, you probably got to be in the top two. Yeah. I don't see the Big 12 getting a third team in. You, you, you just have to probably have two losses or fewer because a three-loss SEC and new Big 10 with USC and UCLA starting in 25, mm-hmm. those teams are probably getting three in almost every year. And now that's four of the six at-large bids. So for, for BYU to be in that spot... They're going to have to go 3-0 and in non-conference and get a nice win over somebody. Although if Michigan didn't, but they're undefeated. Oh, yeah. And then you've got, you've got to uh, be one or two loss in the Big 12, and then you're in position. How quickly can BYU get to that? It took Utah 11 years. They, and again, they came from a G5 situation to a P5. 
but Utah's super competitive right now. Like, I would love to, for BYU to be as good as Utah has been in that league and nationally, to be, like, very competitive, very respected. And BYU has the last two years, step back this year. But it's going to take a second. BYU's going to have to do something they haven't done because I believe if you put 1983 and 84 and 90 and 06 and these teams into the Big 12, I, I just think there's – Two to four losses there from a lot of those teams. I just think the week-to-week grind at that level has not been something that BYU knows quite yet, and they have to assimilate to get there. Well, and I I think what is probably encouraging for BYU fans, and it should be encouraging, is the fact that you said a one- or two-loss team is still probably in the mix. That only happens when you're in a conference. True. And so right now, when BYU has one loss, they're done, essentially. Certainly two, and you're for sure done. Well, let's talk about that. But, 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 but let me finish the point, though, because I, I think I know where you're going. But the fact that that's even that you can even discuss still being in the mix with two losses. And look, look at Utah this year. They have three losses. And if they and win if, tomorrow, yes. they are in a New Year's Six. That's what I'm, so, so a three-loss team has a chance with this thing expanding. Granted, Pac-12's been really good this year. Yes. They've got four or but five But that should be very, very encouraging for BYU fans that you no longer have to worry about we have to go undefeated. We have to do that. That's not going to be the case anymore because with all of the teams that you're going to be facing, yeah. everybody's going to take losses. So one loss or even two losses, it's not the end of the world. Yep. That's what's exciting about this. Yes. Okay, let's talk about uh, two points uh, quickly. Um, 2021 showed us that BYU could still be in the mix as an independent. BYU was up as high as uh, 12 to 14 late in the mm-hmm. season, a one-foot difference between Oklahoma State and Baylor. If Oklahoma State wins that game, perhaps Baylor gets knocked out of the mix with a third loss, and maybe BYU was uh, an at-large perhaps last year. Which brings me to the second point. The at-large bids depend on the bowl game in the New Year's Six this year and every year for those bids as an independent. You're not going to have to worry about that anymore. So, for example, if the row, you know, if the Peach and Fiesta or Cotton, uh, who have a lot of at-large uh, bids, they don't have, like, Big Ten versus Pac-12, like the Rose Bowl. If those are the ones hosting the playoff, you're screwed. Uh, BYU only has one at-large spot this year. Right. So we were saying preseason, oh, maybe. And I was going, no, there's only one at-large spot. BYU is not going to at-large the third SEC team <laughs> right. or what, or the third Big Ten team. So this provides an opportunity where they're not going to have those conference affiliations with those bowl games. So if you can be essentially a top 11 team – starting in 2024, when conference uh, title game weekends, Mm -hmm. you are going to make the college football playoff, which is super exciting. And then you'd be on the road at a a 5, 6, 7, 8 seed. But whatever, Um, that would be fun. And is that the new ultimate goal starting in 2024? Like, did the BYU football point of existence, um, you know, outside of like, it's a missionary tool and it's that... Is that the new? That's the new thing, right? As of today, it's it's not because what was it before? The top of the mountain was oh, a New Year's Six. Right. Playoff wasn't realistic. You could say that, but it wasn't realistic. Is but now New now Year's Six. It's the expanded college football playoff, which is a New Year's for from all t- intents and purposes, it's a New Year's Day Bowl. Yet yes, yes. So and so it's the goal not doesn't the new change. Year's six because it's Correct. not conference affiliated. Yes. It's more open. Yes. To anybody from anywhere, right? 
if, if there could be a G5 champ and then another one that's undefeated, um, and then there could be another one that's undefeated, they could also be in the mix there. Those six, ha- and we don't have clarification on, well, it'll just be the top 12 with the top other conference um, in there. Now, there could be a situation where, let's say the Pac-12 or ACC, or even Big 12, don't have a top-end team that's in the top 12. Their champ, uh, you know, you're going to battle for highest-ranked champions, I assume, right. how they're going to determine that. But there are auto bids. So, obviously, if you win the Big 12, you're in. Yes. Is BYU going to win the Big 12 at some point in the future? Like, hey, I sure hope so, but that feels like it's uh, pretty far off. In and the that's why right. the goal every year, once you, get to the, once you get to the point where you feel like you are competing, so it goes with that timeline we talked about. And that's all we want. Yeah. I, we're not asking for a championship yeah. in the first but five years. You want to be competing for those top two spots because yes. that's, that's when you're yes. going to be in that championship game and give your, yourself a chance yep. to either get the auto bid or – be high enough within your own conference that you're going to be a top 12 team. Yes. In the college football playoff rankings. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars, in with us. Let's just jump to the hard questions. <laughs> yes, question, exactly. <laughs> a moment ago, we asked Cougar Nation if you could be guaranteed seven and five next year at this time after a season in the Big 12. Would you take it right now if you could? Well, you always want to have loftier aspirations, right? So you're right. saying you're, you're, you're taking not, that off the table. This isn't about aspirations. This is about <laughs> reality. Uh, I'd love to be better, but if that were the low bar, yeah. But think about getting to seven wins as we are breaking. A winning record in the Big 12 is big, right? Yeah, absolutely. You you look at the at the conference right now. There are I think I think six teams within five and seven or seven and five. A six-team logjam in that in that two-game window. Um, and there are eight teams between four and eight and eight and four. There's a lot of compression there. And so to be above 500 with that kind of competition would be outstanding. Yeah, we, we, were, we kind of put a mock schedule together. I just threw something together. I said, hey, what if they – we know the first three games. What if they played these five teams at home or these four teams at home and then these four or these five on the road? And our, our goal was put a check mark by the automatic wins. We only found three check marks. Yeah. And, and so then the rest are kind of, there's a bunch there in the middle of that, hey, I could go either way. And then there's some that, boy, that's going to be tough, especially if you don't have uh, Jaron Hall back. Oh, and, if and you're we, going with a new quarterback yeah. starting from scratch. Yeah. So if, if let, yeah. let's assume you're starting from scratch with quarterback and Jaron goes. And now we'll just make that assumption. We don't know that yet. But but if he does, then is 7-5 a little bit better in your mind? Oh, that would be beyond outstanding if you're doing it with somebody that's brand new to the program at that point. Uh, projections are so hard. Baylor, would they finish up 6-6? Six and six? I'm not sure that when BYU played Baylor, even after, even after Baylor lost to BYU, that, 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 that we thought 6-6 six and six would be their season. That's where they are. That's a good football program. Uh, yeah, they're making, defending champion. And they're making coaching changes uh, right. at 6-6. At, at, at six and six. Um, There's a lot of – in fact, on that note, uh, BYU was a rare team that didn't have a coaching change. Uh, we, we had this out last week on social media, but BYU and Stanford were two of only five programs not to have any coaching changes. 
five out of 130 plus teams that don't have a change. So you're very much an outlier. So what's happening right now in the Big 12 and elsewhere is very much par for the course. Um, it kind of took me off topic, but the, the point is Baylor at six and six, they've got to make some changes. Are you so emotionally prepared for a rocky road? And is Cougar Nation prepared for a rocky road? The whack was tough in the beginning, but BYU dominated it. The Mountain West was challenging toward the end after BYU dominated mm -hmm. it. Independence was all over the place. But here comes. I, I think it does require a shift in mindset because um, you're going to go from from contending for fewer conference championships, but perhaps being in contention for mo more postseason opportunities. Uh, and whether that's better bowls in football's uh, standpoint or in the other sports, is getting to the NCAA tournament. Because as we know, in the Big 12, middle of the pack or lower gets you in the NCAA seed, tournament. Yeah. Whereas in the WCC, you've got to be top two or maybe three at best. So I think it, you know, that has to be the shift is we, BYU may not win as many titles, but may be contending for more postseason opportunities because of the depth of the Big 12. We, we, we want to talk about basketball a little bit. Let's, but I want to ask you one more football question. You mentioned that Stanford and BYU were the only two teams that didn't have a – Two of five. Two of five National. that, that yeah, didn't yeah. have um, – and now we know there are already coaching changes. Right. We know that these, uh, right. Lisa Tuyaki is moving on, and then David Shaw has announced that he's stepping down. So a whole regime change over, over at Stanford. Um, th there could be some others on BYU staff. Does do coaching changes, their defensive coordinator for BYU, um, impact your view on how BYU performs next year? What, what kind of impact is that going to have, coaching changes on the defensive side of the ball? Well, I, I, I mean, when things are going well, it's okay to kind of keep the gang together, I guess you'd say. But, but, but – Transition and turnover in coaching staffs—that is the norm, not the out, not, 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 not the exception. So BYU be in the club with everyone else if they're making these kind of changes. I think a fresh approach is always going to be welcome, especially if you feel like you didn't maximize your potential. And there's no doubt that when BYU went through that four-game skid this year, they felt they weren't maximizing their potential. And so I guess at that point you could argue that you know some kind of refreshment was needed um, with this program. Uh, I think the bowl game is big, though, not necessarily for affecting how many changes are made, but for how this team goes into the Big 12. Uh, a four-game win streak to end the year and an 8-5 and five season, it just feels a little better than, than, than what they're currently at if they were to, say, lose their bowl game. I, I think that the last year's bowl game kind of left a sour taste. I think everyone kind of reflected back on that and said that was a poor representation of BYU at that point. And so less about what BYU um, expects to get from its postseason should be more about what BYU can give in this postseason. Uh, I, bet, I, I think they would agree to a man that, that the effort wasn't what it should have been last year. Um, and it was a rough situation uh, with the weather and everything else. But that said, um, they didn't represent the way they wanted to. Be an interesting couple weeks ahead. Tomorrow we'll all be at uh, Vivid Arena for basketball with South Dakota. And speaking, you used the word refresh a moment ago. Uh, Mark Pope had to refresh his roster significantly. Yeah. Uh, and now some of these young guns like Jackson Robinson, um, and, uh, and the return missionaries that have come in, and Noah Waterman, they're starting to hit their shots. And now mm -hmm. all of a sudden there's some potential here. And yet, let, let's, let's pause for a moment and think where BYU, if you, thought, if you said BYU is going, to the, going into this season with all the novelty they had, but wouldn't have Trevin Nell or Spencer Johnson on top of that, 
Wow. And that's where they are right now. Now, granted, uh, Spencer is more of a short-term injury. The hope is uh, Trevin's recovering from a longer-term situation. But to be where they are right now uh, with some positivity, despite the fact they're without two of their you know, guard line anchors, if you will, they expected to have at this point. So it did offer more minutes for Jackson Robinson to start and play early. And now for Richie and Dallin to get in and play a lot more meaningful minutes. And so, um, you know, not, not necessarily blessing in disguise, not having Trevin or now Spencer, but the minutes were there and the guys who have filled them have given us, I think, a pretty promising glimpse into the future. What's, this is Mark Pope's first return missionary class. Um, he's now getting his guys. Right. So yeah. his yeah. guys they recruited that went off. You know, he's he's had some of his guys, but have come right in and play. But this is the first group, this three especially, mm-hmm. that went out. On, he recruited, went out on missions, came back, and now are starting to contribute. What's your um, evaluation of them so far, early? Uh, we saw our first glimpse of Tanner Tools the other night, and that, and that's in a non-division one game. But what Richie and Dallin have given BYU so far, Dallin's now hitting his threes. Took a while for him to get his first one, right. but now he's hitting those. Um, I, I think you know if if you were to say that um, that Dallin has the inside track to be your point guard taking you into the Big 12, you'd feel comfortable with that. And, and Richie Saunders has proven a versatility and a tenacity and a length and a range of abilities that makes you really optimistic about where this thing is going. Um, they'll need more pieces uh, in the season to come. Um, and, and Coach has already proven very... Uh, willing to explore the portal for whoever will come to BYU that is a good fit. And that's an exciting part about it, too. There are some players who will contribute next year that we don't know at this point who they're going to be. But yet the ones we do identify, we can feel really good about. And Jackson Robinson, too, I think is he's not he's not a freshman coming in, but um, came in as a starter right away and is really looking good. Again, there's a smoothness about him and understatedness about his game that is just so cool. Mark Pope had told us in our in our pregame prep meetings that uh, that Waterman he thinks is a year away from being sensational. Uh, he's hitting over fifty percent of his threes. He's big and tall, and mm-hmm. and you can tell he's you know he's still adjusting to life with the big boys. But great potential out on the wing for a big guy. Yeah, and 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 coach wants from Noah and some others just you know to guard a little better, uh, a little more, a little more consistently, and that's team wide. And BYU should find itself in pretty decent shape. I think it's going to be an interesting and competitive WCC season this year too. There've been enough WCC teams that have already pulled off impressive wins in the non-conference campaign. I look forward to what's to come. And then when you talk about going frying pan to fire with the, with the Big 12 next oh, year, man. oh my yeah. gosh, that, that, that's uh, what I wanted to talk about next. It's yeah, like we, I, we keep talking about hey. It's Seven okay for football, and everybody's going, no, they've got to be better than that. And then I look at basketball and go, oh, my goodness. Are fans ready for that league? Yeah, are we think, ready for I that I think league? six or seven of the ten teams right now are at one or zero losses, and they're playing good games. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be something we've never seen before. <laughs> I, I think there will be some teams that come to the Marriott Center who would ne- otherwise never ever come here, right? right? They would never come unless, unless being required to as they will be. And there will be some teams who take L's, I think, in the Marriott Center just because of the venue and because of the atmosphere. And, and if it's a tight game, the Marriott Center will help BYU win, I, I think, a handful of those tight games every year. I think under the radar was uh, what Texas did to Gonzaga. Yeah. Just destroyed them. Yeah. And Gonzaga is the creme de la creme of the WCC. Yeah. Uh, and I'm paying and a lot more attention to the Big 12 these days. And yeah. the Big 12 Big East Challenge is going on right, right. now. Some nice wins there as well. Uh, it's just going to be uh, a, a total eye-opener. The venues, uh, the crowds, 
the vibes. It, it's, it's almost a total 180 from the WCC. You get it in a building or two, a, granted, at a smaller scale, and now you're going to get it pretty much everywhere you go at a massive scale. It's going to be so fun to have those yeah. teams just rotate through here yeah. that are required in league yeah. play to come here every year. We're going to see Kansas and, and you know great, great teams, teams that have been in Final Fours, teams that have won national championships. That's that's going to be fun. Yeah. Th this team, you mentioned, they'll have some new faces even next year because Mark's going right. to look to the transfer portal. Um, this group that's here right now, though, um, where have you seen them grow the most? And, and then what are you looking most forward to as this season progress with this group? Well, you know, when Coach Pope came in four seasons ago, offensive rebounding was way down the to-do list in terms of things they really focused on. And if you look at his record from year one, two, three, and four, that offensive rebound percentage has gone up every year, incrementally or exponentially, it might feel like right now. They're a really good offensive rebounding, a really good rebounding team overall. They play fast. And, and while the turnover trouble, the turnover number is coming down, let's say where they've improved, the turnover number is coming down. Four straight games, it's come down. The percentage is dropping, which is good. Uh, but they're playing fast, and yet they're playing still pretty efficiently. Again, there's all, I, I tweeted this out the other day. There were one of the, only 11 teams that were sitting in the top 70 in, in tempo, offensive, and defensive efficiency. It's hard to be all three, to be fast and to be efficient on both ends of the floor. But BYU is that team right now. Again, the numbers aren't going to blow you away. They're in the, you know, the 40s and the 60s. But just to be in that grouping of top 70, it's hard to be good in all three. And BYU is right now. And it's a very low number of teams that are doing all those three things. So I would say improvement in, um, in taking better care of the ball while still being efficient. Uh, and I think more of a macro is team tenacity and resiliency. They're never really out of a game. They've been out and gotten back in. Right. Uh, they don't lose big. They haven't yet, at least. They don't lose big, haven't lost big. They kind of stay right there. Where they have to get better, uh, the free throw number has got to come up. Yeah. We're an interesting uh, trend of games because the Dayton, Dayton's a good team. That was a big second half in overtime. Yeah. Uh, Westminster's that. Uh, South Dakota's going to be a little better in Westminster. Yeah. Utah Valley a little bit better maybe than South Dakota. And then number seven, Creighton a week from Saturday down in Vegas. And then on the other side Bay. of that, you've got a Utah team that just destroyed Arizona last yeah, night. Yeah, unbelievable. Like, destroyed, like Arizona's never in the game. Yeah. They got within five or six maybe at one point, but it was a wire-to-wire -wire win for Utah. So, yeah, this November-December schedule with a relatively new team in terms of players coming together, it's as tough, and it, it really it's as good um, a, a maybe – preview platform for what Coach Pope is going to have himself dealing with in terms of the Big 12, in terms of rigors game to game. He really challenged himself this year with this year's team. And there have been a couple of nice wins, to probably some more to come, but the challenges have been uh, really stout. I'm really impressed by what he's done to challenge his team. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. All right, we're still waiting on the Big 12 schedule. Right. Uh, we, we thought, thought we'd have we it thought yesterday. We thought we'd have it Thursday, and then the league told us it's going to be a couple more weeks. So I don't know if that means the end of next week or, or the week following. But So the wait continues. But we were thinking, BYU 7-5, and five, a lot of people are disappointed about that. Thought it would be a much better year. You and I thought they'd be much better. Uh, but 7-5 and five next year, if we were sitting here one year ahead, would you take 7-5, and five, like lock it down today if you were guaranteed 7-5 and five next year? Well, I like to see the games played, but if I would be happy with 7-5 and five next year, as I've looked at who's in the league, and, and Tom Homo, when you sat down with Tom, said he knows who BYU plays next season so he he knows who's home and who's on the road he just doesn't know in what order yet and we know the preseason schedule um 
I, I would actually be okay with a seven-win season and a bowl game next year as they transition in. Well, think about it. It would mean you'd, you win the first two games, Sam Houston and Southern Utah. Then you're playing 10 straight P5s, including Arkansas. Right. On the 16th. At Arkansas. At Arkansas. But you know what? Liberty went and beat Arkansas there. BYU. True. If they have their head on, they should be able to go in there and contend for that game. But they got to win five of those 10. Which five do you think they'll win? This is the hard part. So, so as we were getting ready for the show, I started to think through – if, if I put a schedule together in my mind and I put one together, maybe these guys home, these guys away yeah. with those three preseason, and I started to go down and make check marks where I'm like, this is an obvious win. And I only made two check marks. <laughs> That's not good, right? Now so you know you're going to get at least so four home games. I say Sam Houston and Southern Utah are guaranteed wins, okay, right? So give me five more. And, and, then, and then, like, here's my mock schedule. Arkansas on the road is not mock. We know that, right? right. That's not an automatic win, no. right? So I'm saying home. This is wishful, right? Oklahoma, Kansas, Houston, and Oklahoma State. Both Oklahoma schools at home, okay? I'm so saying, if those are the four home games, how many of those four do they win? I don't know that I could put a, a check mark on any. I'd say Kansas, possibly, but they, they've been really good this yeah. year. Houston, BYU's beaten before. But, but where I just go, no, that's an automatic win. Not one. Yeah, there's no automatic. Not one. So here's who I'm saying away. At Iowa State, at Kansas State, at Cincinnati, at Baylor. What? <laughs> and they're, and, so and the, pick five wins out of those you just ruled yeah. off. I, not one single one of those is an automatic check mark. And then the teams I don't have them playing this year, um, I don't have them at Texas, Texas Tech, Central Florida. Cincinnati. Or, or West Virginia. No, I had them in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, in Cincinnati. And, I, and, and, and I, I just did four away and, 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 and four on the road. I actually, you actually have to come up with one more game out of that group to either play at home or away. So let's say I would take, let's say, Iowa State, Cincinnati, they got a new coach. Okay. Uh, Houston. Okay. Here. Uh, you got them to five now because you already said Sam Houston and Southern Utah. Right. Uh, one of the, not Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State or, or uh, Oklahoma, if you have them here at home. They're going to get one, one of those? those? One of those in one of those so great you, spectacular you, nights. So you've got them to six now. To six. Now they've got to go find another one. Kansas State's playing in the Big 12 championship tomorrow. So right. So they're not, they're, not, uh, they're not at the bottom. I, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure where you can find it. Yeah, and, and like I said, I, I put together 11 because I said, well, let, let's say four home, four away. And then I, we don't know if BYU is going to play five league games at home or five league games on the road. So one of those other teams we'd have to plug in there too. And I, if you say if you take Texas, Texas Tech, Central Florida, West Virginia, are any of those just automatic wins? No automatics. But you you'd like to think that BYU can can defend its home field. Lavelle Edwards Stadium is just different enough from all the other ones. It's a yep. tough place to come in and play and win. So not everyone's going to bring their A game. So let's let's say that Central Florida pops on and it's a home and BYU plays seven. Yeah, I think games. we beat. Central I, I think they beat Central Florida at home. So I would say Sam Houston, Southern Utah, one of the Oklahomas, Kansas, Houston. Central Florida, and then on the on the road, you know maybe they get Cincinnati um, or Baylor or Baylor. Like, so we're that's why when you say would you just take seven and five? I would take seven and five. I go, this is a whole different deal. <laughs> and, and are BYU fans ready for this much of a different deal? Now, if Jaron Hall comes back and Puka Nakua comes back, which is doubtful on right. both, right? Mm -hmm. But if both of those guys came back. I might be a little more bullish. I, I might, I might say, hey, you know what? We'll defend the home. It, it's not a, re, it's not a reload year. It's, it's a 
year where all the talent's coming back, especially at quarterback, and I think that that's huge. When you got a returning starter at quarterback, I think that's typically good for a couple of wins, right? That's why we were so disappointed this year. Yeah. That that the way they started, but but remember, they had a four-game streak where Jaron Hall was injured, right? right? And with Jaron Hall out, they I b- believe with a hundred percent healthy Jaron Hall, the entire season that BYU doesn't lose those four games. I think they lose two of them. Um, and, and I think they get Notre Dame right. with 100% And they health. get East Carolina. And they, and they get East Carolina. And they, even Arkansas would have been a different a, kind di- of a different game. So, so that's why I put so much value. And that's why everybody's so disappointed until you really think about that. Now, Jaron's never used that as an excuse. Kalani's never used that as an excuse. But we watched the, that he wasn't quite the same. And it's the most imp- important position in football. Yeah, the throws it, weren't it, the same. Is a, is a quarterback position, especially at BYU with the offense that they yeah. run. And so if BYU had Jaron Hall coming back next year, then I, I'd probably go, I'd feel way more comfortable saying eight or nine, right? What if you were coming back? How many? If I was coming back, we win 10. <laughs> Here's the, <laughs> because we'd be playing in the whack yeah, if it was me. Here's you know? the greater question. Um, is Cougar Nation, and you and I have been out and about in Cougar Nation mm. for 30-some years, is Cougar Nation ready to have a bumpy road? And, and you know what? A lot of those could be uh, all of a sudden four and uh, four and eight, three and nine. Yeah, um, I, I feel like what the bar has got to be different, right? So, so and BYU should be in a position when they get in the league with the resources and now they're recruiting as a P five, that after this first couple of years they should be able to recruit in, in a fashion that allows them to have what I would call reloading years and then veteran years, right? On veteran years, the expectation should be eight or nine wins, right? On, when they have veterans coming back at the key positions. Um, on years when they're reloading, and I don't know the BYU should ever be in rebuild, reloading, I think bowl eligibility is the goal on a reloading year, which yeah. means six wins, right? So six or seven on the reloading years, eight or nine on veteran years, and then one once in a while. Magic happens. Like, so TCU is a perfect example of that this year. This is all of the stars coming into alignment, all the veterans at all the key positions, some really amazing young talent that's been plugged in. They're, they're, they move the ball on anybody in the country, and here they are in a college football playoff, right, if they win. If they, if they win in that Big 12 championship game, which I expect them to do. But that's not TCU every year. No, nor has it been like any, like any year. No. I and mean, they were the, good the back only, in the, the day, but that's when uh, yeah. Mountain West wasn't considered legit. So those years are every once in a while. And those yeah. are magical seasons when you're in a league like this. Um, so that's what I'm preparing my mind for. The question that you ask is, are BYU fans prepared for that? I don't know if they are. And I, I hope. I hope that they understand the opportunity to see um, this list of teams that we just talked through coming through here for home games every single, like every game's going to matter. Every game's going to be a big game in the league. Um, as long as we're not on the Kansas plan, you know, it took them like 80 years no, 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 to no, field no. a team this year. And, then their quarterback got hurt and then yep. And I don't think, and I don't think that BYU has to go the, the Kansas route, nor do I think they need to go the Utah route. In, in the Pac-12, I, Utah went right from um, the Mountain West Conference into the Pac-12. The, I feel like this transition for BYU from the Mountain West Conference to Independence, where they're playing schedules that aren't quite Big 12 schedules, but close, 
you know, years where they've played seven P5s and six P5s. And in the last couple of years, they've done much better uh, against that type of competition. Has better prepared BYU to maybe have a couple of a year transition and not take quite as long as now, Utah now is in the last four or five years, they've been the best team in the big in the in the Pac-12. Right. They've been the most consistent best team. I think USC is the best team in that league right now, and I think UCLA is right there now too, and Oregon's right back again. But there was a period of time where Utah was the best team, but it took Utah a long time to get to that point. This is why it's important that uh, Tennessee paid two million bucks to get off of BYU. Yeah, who, would you want them instead Moving of Southern forward, Utah? They've got to have. We'll call yeah. them cupcakes. You have to have two cupcakes. And maybe a third, or a third will be a P5. Maybe Utah, and they're not a cupcake, but that's a good game uh, that's winnable. But then you look at the gauntlet, and you go, we have to be no worse than 2-1 and one by the fourth week of September, or we're in big trouble. Yeah, and, and I think every year you try to schedule three wins in, in that preseason, unless there's a game of national interest, like, like a Utah game or an opportunity to play a – a Florida or somebody like that, an SEC team or something like that, that's a big game. Then you take that game on a particular year, and you hope that you take that game because those are sometimes short notice. Hey, do you want to come play in the kickoff classic yeah. next year? And you know you've got your quarterback coming back and you're stacked, and you go, yeah, we want that We want that game this year. So so you got to schedule three wins if you possibly can. Um, and, and if people wonder why the SEC does that, well, this is why. This is why. This is why. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. The Cougar Whip Arounds presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Okay, All let's, right, let's start, get after let, it. Let's start with this. <laughs> what sporting event are you most looking forward to tomorrow? The U.S. World Cup match, which is early, right? College football conference championship games going all day long. Or the men's basketball game against South Dakota and Vivint tomorrow. I'm looking forward to the South Dakota game, of course, because that's where we get that's it. That's your number one? Together. I like that, and that's fun, and we get paid to do it. So that's right there up the top. It's always better if we get paid. The World Cup, it's the <laughs> knockout rounds, and so, but that one's early. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, but that's super early, and, and there is some great. Yeah, I'm most interested in the game tonight as far as these conference U championships. Utah and USC game tonight. Because some of the others are like, you know, LSU lost going in, Kansas State and TCU. I'm not, I'm not all excited about that. Um, but tonight's is pretty big. So uh, on the World Cup, we should mention. So so we were taping after further review the other day to, to get ready for that show. And we had to tape it because we had a basketball game live that night and they were gonna go back to back. Yeah. And we were all very distracted because the World Cup, the US was playing in the World Cup and it was going into extra time. There were nine minutes of extra time. Finally, our, our director, Russ Merrill said, okay, you guys want me to just put it on the screen and take a pause for a minute? Because he couldn't get our attention. So we had it on this. We put it screen. on every screen in this studio, and we watched the the so end. We were of analyzing that. football, watching football. We were watching, and we went back and we finished the show. But but, I have a great interest in in in, in so the they, World Cup. So they're playing the Netherlands so. tomorrow. We wish them the best of luck. But speaking of tonight's game, yes, uh, and tomorrow night for that matter, are you a bigger TCU or a USC fan this weekend? Oh, I I know your answer. I. I am a big TCU fan because I want the Big 12 to be represented 
this is BYU's league. I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm, I gotta, we gotta start rooting for the allegiance that we're tied, you know, the league that we're tied to. We have to be aligned to them. So I'm, I'm a big TCU fan because TCU is squarely in the college football playoff if, if they win. So I'm a huge, I'm a huge TCU fan. Um, USC and Utah tonight. Ah. I, I think I think USC is going. It, it gets weird if, if Utah wins. It gets weird if Utah wins because I'm not sure that Utah goes to the Rose Bowl if they win. Right, I think Washington does. Or USC might go if they win. I'm all in Utah on the wins. Trojans tonight. You're all in on the Trojans. You know they okay. run an exciting offense, uh, and they're not playing up at Rice Eccles. It's not cold. It's in Vegas. I wouldn't be surprised if the Utes win. Yeah, but they're uh, tough. I'm all Trojans. All right. I'm Big Game Boomer. Um, they listed the top 50 receivers for the 2022 season. Uh, and they, they go with this list. And notably, Puka is not on that list. Um, is this a gross oversight? Uh, yeah, it is um, until you get to the stats. Because he's been out. He's missed some games. His stats aren't off the charts, especially nationally. When you watch him... You go, is there a better receiver? Are there some really good ones? Is there a better receiver than Puka Nakua? If you need a ball at the, in the corner of the end zone to be caught, we've seen him make some great plays. Certainly he'd be in the top 50. I'm not gonna say he's the best, but he'd be in the top 50 of playmakers in college football. But if you're breaking down receivers from the season, uh, that's why he should come back next year. Ah, that's he a good needs point. a little more. Good point. If these I, I are think, 50 guys that might get taken ahead of him, what's his future? I think he's a top 20 receiver, but the stats the stats don't support it. So Lauren Gustin recorded her eighth straight double-double in the win last night against Boise State. Will she break the BYU record for double-doubles this year? Ten straight is the BYU record. Kreshmer Chosich and Brett Applegate share that. Okay, so single-season double-double record. Um, is 22, and the NCAA single season record is 31, um, and so I. She's getting the yeah. She's getting a nine because Utah State isn't gonna rock her out. So, next so week. they've got Utah State. So they're at Utah State. Then, then they have they Utah, Utah home, that which is a tough, tough matchup, and then they go on the road to Gonzaga. That's the next three games. So she would need to to get 11 straight to break the single season record. She'd have to get that at Gonzaga, meaning she gets a double double Utah State, Utah, and Gonzaga. I'm going to say she does it. I'm going to say she does that. Five straight was the best she ever had entering the season. She had 14 double-doubles last season. I say she's going to be 20-plus double-doubles, and she's going to get the record. We wish her the best. So is today's women's volleyball NCAA opener against James Madison a trap game for BYU? Is a tournament ever a trap game? Well, and the, the reason I ask this is because you already mentioned it earlier in the show. If they win... They get a big time matchup rematch with Pitt, who beat them on their home floor. And beat them last yes. year back Yeah, there. so this is. Is this a trap game because Pitt looms as the next game? Um, I hope not. Uh, this is a young BYU team, so it shouldn't be a trap game because you lose, you go home. Um, if it was a veteran team, then it would be like, we just want Pitt. We're going back there to beat Pitt. Uh, I'd like to think no. I, I think they come out focused against James Madison. And then if Pitt is focused enough to beat Colgate, they can meet tomorrow. And then who wins that one? Uh, that's going to be tough. Oh, that's It'll a be tough one. to beat them. All right. All right, would you pay for a robe that had Jamal Williams' face <laughs> all over it? Here's what he did. He gifted his teammates for the Lions. Uh, everyone got a robe. And if you look closer, Jamal is all over 
the robe. Um, he gave him to the coaching staff too, right? He said, I thought this was what you're supposed to do as a vet. This is what I learned, he said. Aaron Rodgers would gift the team with Ugg boots in Green Bay. He's gone with a robe with his face on. So would I pay for that? <laughs> let, let, let me just say this. If Jamal would give me one of those, I would wear it. You'd wear it to I would wear it probably. I don't know that I would pay for it at this point. So, because it's not something I would wear all the time. I would wear it on this show. So. It's a, it's a warm gesture. Nice job, Jamal. <laughs> all right, the Cheez-It Bowl is going to have, by the way, Cheez-It Bowl is tied to the Big 12. So the Cheez-It Bowl is going to have four players sleep in this Cheez-It themed <laughs> room on Bowl Week. Would you be able to sleep in a room like this? Here's how we're going to tell which players slept in that room on Bowl Week. During the game, if they run the opposite direction of their team, they will have lost their mind because they slept in this the night before. Uh, you, you know I don't sleep well anyhow. But at colorblind, you might be all right in there. No, yellow I can see. Yellow is one of the colors. I'm, I'm, I'm red green. But that if I woke up in that room, I would never go back to if sleep. Iowa I, I have, State goes to the Cheez-It Bowl, they're going to fit right I in. I have a that. hard enough time as it is. That's It's like neon yellow. Like, is there such a thing? You can't sleep in that room. I'm not a big fan of Cheez-Its either. I don't think that would be a good thing for me. <laughs> The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The man, the myth, the legend who went 5 for 5 in the first half against Westminster from 3, Jackson Robinson. What's up, man? How you How's doing? You I'm good. I'm good. It's great to have you here. Uh, let's let's talk about that first half, first off, against Westminster. When did you realize you were feeling it? Because you tied a BYU record with most makes without a miss from three. Um, I mean, I kind of just went into the game with the mindset of playing defense, to be honest. Uh, coach was uh, making that our main focus as a team, uh, especially without Spencer Johnson on our team. Uh, he's a big piece of our defense, and so he wanted everybody to step up and uh, just focusing on my defense, help my offense. Do you know when you're in the zone? Like when when you hit the first one, it's like okay, this feels good. This may be my night. Do you do you have that feeling? Uh, not really. Uh, I mean, to me, it feels just kind of normal. Uh, just with all the reps and the hours put in, uh, it's just all kind of whatever happens happens. Are you so. surprised when you miss then? With that said. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I'm definitely like, thinking what? everyone's going in, for sure. That's but, awesome. And we talked about it in the film room that aired uh, you know, last night on the uh, Pope show and earlier this week. But, like, you, you had gone through a stretch where um, you didn't shoot the ball well. How did you stay ready to go five for five? And I, I believe the last, uh, you know, three games you're shooting north of 50% now. Uh, you know, just confidence uh, coming from my teammates and my coaches and even myself, uh, just staying positive, uh, knowing that eventually the slump was going to be over, and obviously it is. So. Was, there, was there a game where it sort of clicked? And what, what do you think changed from the first couple of games to now what we're seeing? Is, it, is there something that you can sort of pinpoint as to what maybe sort of that flipped that switch for you? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it was just, like I said, the confidence – to know that eventually they were going to go in. Um, I don't think much changed. Uh, I tried to keep everything the same, uh, keep the reps the same, and it all worked out. So, I was shocked, and Tyler Hawes mentioned this uh, in the in the postgame show. You did not have a heat check moment. 
Like, when you hit, like, a three, maybe two, it, everyone knows on the court, like, you could have, you could just airball one if you want. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You didn't even have that. Why didn't you even have a heat check moment? You, you were taking good shots. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just try to stay as efficient as possible. Uh, that's the biggest thing for me, um, especially starting the year off so bad from the field, uh, trying to be more efficient, get the, get the percentages up again. So, uh, yeah, just taking the good shots. Um, and not rushing the bad shots is the biggest thing. I told you, it's not going to take a heat check. It's not, nope, no, it's not, not going to happen. Okay, so you started five for five. Is that the best start you, you've ever had? Do you, have, you, do, have you had a better start than five for five in a game? I don't know, to be honest. I couldn't tell you, but um, that's probably my best one if I had to guess. It was pretty good. It's not bad. Again, yeah. the record I mentioned, that's in a first half. That was a, a BYU record tied that. that was and awesome. on an NBA floor. That's got to <laughs> that's gotta like amp it up a little bit, right? Take it to the yeah. next level. Because I've wondered about the lines and if they mess you up. It did the opposite. It almost helped you guys for some reason. Uh, yeah. Uh, I honestly don't know what that was about, to be honest. <laughs> uh, it was crazy how, because uh, Coach was kind of telling us that we need to step in and yeah. shoot the college three. But, I mean, we came out guns a-blazing and everybody was hitting shots. So it all worked out. No, it was crazy, man. Um, we're talking to Jackson Robinson here on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about sort of your journey here. So you're from Ada, Oklahoma, and you grow up on a ranch. What's it like in Ada, and what kind of ranch are we talking about? Uh, it was just a ranch with cows and horses, things like that. Uh, my stepdad, he grew up uh, kind of working on the farm, stuff like that. So he continued doing that as he got older, and I was just kind of a part of it. But uh, we moved to the city when I was, I think, my freshman year of high school. So uh, ever since then, I just lived in Ada, the city. So Wait, so you're like tending to cows and horses, chickens? No chickens. No chickens. No chickens. Okay. No so chickens. you you know like physical hard work then from pre freshman year in high school. Uh, I was I was little. I was little. Yeah. I tried to help do what I could, but uh, <laughs> like milking cows and what are we talking I, about? I here? didn't do all that. Like yeah, hay but, for the horses, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that this the small stuff. Gotcha. Small, the small stuff. stuff. Yeah. That I've never bailed hay, but that looks hard to me. <laughs> Isn't it hard? Uh, a little bit. Physically little bit. taxing. Yeah, a little bit. Natural weights. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so you have quite the athletic background. Obviously, you're athletic, but your mom played collegiate basketball at Missouri State. Your aunt is an assistant with the Phoenix Mercury, correct? So, so is that where is that where the athleticism comes from, or like what's what has given you the the genes that you have? Um, yeah, I would say it's definitely from my mom, uh, my grandpa. Uh, they always say that I looked like him. I'm kind of built like him, so. Uh, definitely him also, but everybody in my family plays basketball, so it's just kind of uh, something that's normal to me. Do you, have, do you have siblings? No siblings. I'm the only child. No siblings. So it's aunts, uncles, cousins, yeah. that kind of thing that yeah, played? exactly. That's awesome. So was Grandpa 6'7 with a 7'2 wingspan? Because he got he a was, unique build. Actually, he was. He was about 6'7, 6'8, and he had the long arms too. Wow. So, yeah. Okay, what age were you when you were like, hey, I'm, I'm good at this, and... You have a unique build in that you have a, a big wingspan. Uh, I'd probably say about eighth grade. Um, I joined the AAU, AAU team, uh, Team Griffin, um, and I started competing nationally. And that's when I realized I could compete with the best of them. And then I uh, just kind of took off from there. So, Take us through your journey. So after high school, kind of how the, the path that you took 
to get here to BYU? And then maybe why BYU was the, the place for you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, out of high school, my junior year, I decided to graduate early. And I went to Texas a and my first year. Uh, it was a really rough year. Uh, it was COVID. Um, we didn't do that great. Wasn't a hot start. And you're um, 17 at this point, probably? Yes, yes. I was 17. I was really young, so I didn't really know what I was doing, getting myself into. Um, and then after all that, I moved to Arkansas, and uh, I think it was a great experience just kind of being with those older guys, getting to, to learn the ropes of college basketball, things like that. Um, especially without COVID, it was a lot easier. Um, and then I decided to come here. Um, Coach Pope did a great job recruiting me, uh, all the other guys. Uh, he presented me with an amazing opportunity, and I mean, now I'm here, so. Why BYU? Why was it amazing to you? Uh, you know, kind of just going back off Coach Pope. He's a great guy, great leader. Um, I seen how he led his team last year, um, even with all the injuries that they had, things like that, and how successful they were. Um, and all I wanted to do was win, and so that's why I'm here. The last two games you guys have been playing without Spencer Johnson. Obviously, you've won the last two, so guys have, have done a really nice job of stepping up. Take us through, you know, picking up the slack for losing a guy that has really been such a, a pivotal player for you on both ends of the court this year. Uh, yeah, um, I think it starts with Noah. Um, obviously, he's starting for Spencer right now. Um, just coach pushing him to become a better and better defensive player and then also the rest of us um, that's just the biggest thing because Spencer was such a vital role of our defense so uh, just making sure that everybody's locked in on the defensive end um, it'll let everything on the offensive end take care of itself so our main focus is just defense getting deflection the steal stuff like that just to get our offense going so Talking to Jackson Robinson of the uh, basketball team here on BYU Sports Nation. We heard uh, some fun stories last night on the Pope Show from Foos <laughs> about how in the Bahamas at 1 a.m. some of the guys went on one of the uh, tubes and kind of got stuck uh, where the sharks are, like yeah. around the tube or whatever. Um, were you with them in, I, in the tube there? I was not. I was not. I was asleep by then. So you sure. didn't even know about this at the time? I didn't. Would I, you have gone if you had been awake? <sighs> I might have. <laughs> Just for the experience, I might have. I might have. Dude, getting stuck in there is, uh, that's not a fun thought to me. Yeah. Like a no. little claustrophobic if you're foos with yeah. big shoulders. I'm not a fan of sharks. learning how to swim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan of sharks, so I definitely... You're just there. stuck there hoping someone doesn't crash into your back. Yeah. Uh, a Look, shark may just pull up right next Look, to you. I've been stuck in an elevator before. I can't even imagine adding the element of water to the mix. And <laughs> sharks. sharks. If yeah. sharks and water were outside that elevator, that'd be crazy. What, what was the best part about the Bahamas besides uh, the comeback for Staten? Um, I would just say spending quality time with my guys. Uh, I feel like everybody kind of got to know each other a little bit more when we went to the Bahamas. Uh, we were just with each other all day, every day, so for a solid week. So, I mean, we were just kind of hanging around, uh, chilling, uh, going to the beach, doing whatever. I mean, it was a great resort. So just to have that quality time with my teammates was great. Who are, who are you sick of, by the way? <laughs> Who am I sick of? Uh, I don't know I'm about just that. Kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, look, and that's, that's interesting because obviously you're going down there to play basketball and, mm -hmm. and you want to go down there and win as many games as you can. But it, it kind of feels like, especially for a team that has so many new players coming into it, mm -hmm. that that aspect of what you just talked about in terms of 
getting together and doing all those things together at a resort where you really can't go a lot of different places, that, that that bonding experience probably helps as much as anything you guys did on the court together. Yeah, I think it definitely did. Um, I think it showed on the court. Um, even in that last Dane game, I feel like a lot of teams wouldn't be able to do that. Uh, come back from so big, uh, I think it just shows like the character of our team and uh, just the relationship that everybody has yeah. and how close everybody is. So. Yeah, those trips matter. Like yeah. the, the teams that play international trips preseason, although this wasn't one, it was mid-season MT, but um, they, they play better. They yeah. just do, that matters. Uh, while you did play in the SEC for two teams, um, your Big 12 sort of geographical experience growing up in Oklahoma and whatnot, you gonna be the uh, unofficial tour guide for BYU next year in the Big 12? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. That's my side of the country, so. Uh, just being down there will be fun for sure. And you played against Rudy Williams in a game I did. a couple years ago. <laughs> I did. You didn't know at the time, hey, we're going to be teammates, but have you reflected back on that game with him at all? Oh, yeah. We've talked about it before. Kansas State for Rudy? Yeah, yeah. we talked about it. Um, it's kind of crazy just to think about, um, but it's just a funny moment. Who won the game? We did. We did, actually. So, so do you make sure that you remind him when that's oh, yeah. brought up? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Anytime I can do anything like that, I'm definitely going to tell Rudy. So That's nice. awesome. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the success. It's been fun to see you dial it in there. And uh, congrats on not getting stuck in the uh, tube in the Bahamas as well. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show, Jackson. Appreciate you guys. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio.